Welcome to What's That About with Joel and Tina. Welcome back. Good to have you back and listening to us is great. Yeah. So we're in week four of 1 Peter and we are in 1 Peter chapter 2, the second half of it. So that's verses 11 through 25. Nice. Yeah. Um, So I'm just going to go ahead and get started with reading it. I'm going to read it all the way through, unless I stop at some point, and then I'll do that. But <laughs> there so, you go. <laughs> I'm reading from the NIV. Nice. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. All right, well, I didn't get very far at all, because I think there's enough there to talk <laughs> Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, huh. you know, what is this uh, foreigners and exiles business? I think that a lot of us have always lived where we live. Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. what is he talking about? Mm-hmm. What's that about, mm-hmm. the, the foreigners well, and exiles? Well, I mean, there's several different directions that you could really go here. One is you could be drawing back to, like, Old Testament times um, where the Jewish people, the Hebrew people, before they were known as the Jewish nation, were drawn into a time of... Uh, Babylonian exile where they were dragged away and they were in exile for 70 years and um, to live in exile means that the place that you're living in is not really your home that you are missing where you belong that you are longing for where you should be and you're not there yet so I think if you know uh, Peter telling us to live as foreigners and exiles it is to understand that this is not our home where we are right now that to live as foreigners or exiles is to say hey this is not the ideal this life here life in this world the things we pursue the things in it that's not the ideal well then he goes on to talk about that to wage that the sinful desires yeah. wage war against your soul <laughs> soul <clears throat> wow yeah, but I think the really hard part is the one from verse 12. Live such good lives among the pagans mm. that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. That, Ooh, that there's wow. this idea of, you know, live your life so that when the final judgment happens, yeah. they'll be like, yep, I knew that. I knew that. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm reading this book right now. Um, Good News for a Change mm-hmm. by Matt McKillitos. I'm mm-hmm. probably butchering his last name because it's... Let's go with that. Matt yeah. McKillitos. That's what we always say. There we I'll go. have to ask him one day. One how day. How do you say your name? <laughs> can you send like a little... If you're listening, Matt, can you tell us how to pronounce your last name? <laughs> right. That would be awesome. Yeah. So um, uh, in that... Oh, and I lost my train of thought. Where was I talking about? Oh, so he talked about um, how we don't always live very good Christian lives. He has a very specific example in which mm. he's having this party, he mm-hmm. has some friends over, mm-hmm. he's making enchilada, he brags about his enchilada sauce. It's mm-hmm. very Matt, if you've ever read any of his books. Mm-hmm. Um, and then these two door-to-door salesmen who are selling uh, vacuums come and knock on his door. 
And he invites them in. And he's like, can I get you guys something to drink? I have some enchilada sauce. And then he makes them some enchiladas. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, he talks to them about uh, the good news in his very unique Matt kind of way. And he says, as they walk away, one of them looks to the other and they're like, what just happened? <laughs> you know, but, that I think that sometimes we get caught up in doing what we think we should be doing, mm. that we forget that the most important part is to love on other people. Mm. I have this verse highlighted. Oh, um, do yeah, this is a verse that I've kind of pondered on in the past. You know, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. And I think uh, another way that you could look at it is to say that um, kind of in a little bit of direction you were going, but then kind of splintering off that um, we don't always live good lives. Um, sometimes we want to live like the pagans. Sometimes we want to blend in with everybody else. And uh, that can get us in trouble if our life is indistinguishable from um, somebody else's life that doesn't follow Christ. You know, one of the things that I really believe is if we say that we are followers of Jesus, our lives need to show that. We can't just say that and have that be that. But somehow our lives have to produce that fruit of that belief. Right. Because we are people who follow what we believe. I mean, if if you're a, b a big believer in a sports team, how do you show it? Well, you go to the games or you buy the jerseys or the hats. You uh, talk about them. You follow them. Uh, you watch the games. You participate in what you believe in. Well, I think the key within that splinter is that it's not just actions and it's it's not just words, it's words and actions together. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. <clears throat> to live such a good life yeah. is an action and a word life mixed together. Yeah. That you're yeah. proclaiming it with your mouth, but yeah. you're also proclaiming it with how you live your life. And the thing is, I think Peter is saying here is look, people who don't know Jesus, they're going to accuse you, they're going to lob ac accusation against you. The question is, the things that they're going to accuse you of. Is it true or not? Are they going to accuse you of being hateful people, maybe because you are, or because you're not being hateful, they just don't understand? And there's a huge distinction there. I mean, there's a lot of accusations out there in the world against Christians, and some of them are really, really true. Yes. And some of them aren't. And I think at the end of the day, I think Peter is saying, look, people are going to accuse you of things, but if they're going to accuse you, make sure that they're actually what they're accusing you of that they're wrong about, not that they're right about. And we got to be so careful about that. All right, so let's move on to the next part. Um, we'll see how far we get. Okay. Submit yourselves for the <laughs> Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong or to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God mm. and honor the emperor. Mm. Wow. What do you think that's about where it says live as free people in verse 16, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. What, what do you think that's about? Well, I think that... A lot of that has to do with the fact that even though we have a king mm. in God, mm -hmm. um, that doesn't mean that we get to snub our noses at the authority that we're living under, hmm. the earthly authority. I think that 
the truth is, is that if you mm. have been redeemed by God, then you are a free person. The rules of humanity don't really affect you in the same way. But at the same time, I believe that we should live in such a way that shows respect to other humans. And part of that is doing things like paying your taxes and doing civic duty. You know, mm. like if you get called up to jury duty that you don't just toss it in the trash, <laughs> that you actually you know, fill out the questionnaire and, and get on with your stuff, that you, when you see something that's wrong, um, that you say something. You know, that's a big mm. thing in Detroit, see something, say something. Mm. That I think that part of that is that living as a free person is even though you aren't beholden to the world, it is okay for you to be respectful towards it. Absolutely, to live as good citizens. And that's kind of what verse 17 talks about as well, to uh, fear God, to honor the emperor, um, to, you know, the emperor calls you to do something that's your civic duty. It's important to do that. Uh, but also, uh, I was thinking back in verse 16, as you were talking, it reminded me of uh, what Dietrich Bonhoeffer talks about in terms of how uh, we return grace into cheap grace when we... Um, just act however we want to act because we know God's going to forgive us anyway. Right. And so uh, that's kind of what... I can be as bad as I, I want I can be, be bad as I want because at the end of the day, God's still going to forgive me because my sins are already forgiven anyway. But the question is, is if you love God, why would you want to be you know, bad in quotes? I have my finger sure. cut out. Why would you want to be bad <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you love God? Like, why would that yeah. be... Good. Well, like, right. like when you right. are deeply in love with God, when you have a, a very yeah. solid relationship with God, I think that those things that are bad, yeah. there's my finger quotes again, yeah. aren't as strong of a pull. And I think to use that yeah. as an excuse is yeah. an excuse to say that, you know, God isn't bigger than pornography. Sorry. My draw towards that is just so much greater that I can, or alcohol. I, I can use it as much as I want. Or and, swearing. And it or, doesn't matter because God's going to forgive me. Or well, being mean to people. I think that that's, whatever it is. in some ways, a way of, of, of wimping out. Yeah. Um, because the yeah. truth is, is that God yeah. can conquer those things for yeah. you. God can make a fruitful life for you yeah. that doesn't include those yeah. things. Yeah. That what is old has passed away. Yeah. And God can make new, it stay dead. We are new creations. Yeah. I think the flip side then of this first is if we are not using our freedom as a cover-up for evil, but instead we are pursuing holy lives, it is to pursue uh, the things of God. So one of the things that I pray for is I say, God, break my heart what breaks yours. Show mm -hmm. me what you see. So if there's something, God, you are concerned about in my life or in my neighborhood or in my church or in the world— Help me to see that because, you know, if something is breaking God's heart, I want to be aware of that. Yeah. And I need to be up on that. If, if, if God is saying, this is breaking my heart, Joel. Especially in then your I own need personal to, life. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. In my own life, for certain. And, you know, it's kind of like the thing that, you know, when you encounter the one that you love, you're going to do things for them that show that you love them. You don't take advantage of somebody's love. Um, that's not really love. Right. I mean, 
So, for instance, in our own personal relationship, Joel loves licorice. Yes. Fortunately, he loves me more than he loves licorice. I do a lot more. Because, but you know, so I don't appreciate it. I will buy it for him for the office, and and that's been one of the things that we've done. It's not that I don't want you to do it. It's that I don't want you to do it around me, and and that's yeah. a human relationship. Sure. Yeah. So you know, it's those things, and Joel doesn't like the fact that I like to cuss. I mean, I. I enjoy cussing so much, and it's one of those things I choose not to do. You must I'm love having. me a lot. Then. I do. I do love you a lot. <laughs> so I mean, it, and that's just a human example of that yeah. kind of thing that yeah. that we modify hmm. our behavior. And I think with sure. the, the amazing thing about God is that God will help us modify our behavior. Yeah. Right. 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 So let's move on to the next part. I'm starting in verse 18. 18. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. All right. I think we can stop there, too. Okay. All right. (laughs) That's fine. Wow. Um, man, Peter's getting at something here that I think probably like pushes our unfair button, you know? So I think this is very fair. Well, that unfair button that says in us that we don't like to suffer, whether justly or unjustly, we don't, we don't like to suffer. But here, here, Peter is saying, look, if you suffer unjustly, it's going to be okay. And so, you know, we, we don't like things that are unjust. We don't like enduring stuff that we don't deserve. I, I see him saying here, look, if you deserved a beating, guess what? You can't complain about that. I mean, that's okay. Right, that's well, a little that, hard. That's a little, that's really harsh. But then well, the second part is, uh, <laughs> if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable to God. And so, you know, Peter, is, he's hitting on something that's really, I think, really important. So, something really critical about the way that we understand suffering and the way that God understands suffering. So and where's that passage that suffering leads to perseverance? Perseverance. Where perseverance is that? leads to character. Character leads to hope. That's in Romans. Okay. Uh, and hope does not disappoint. Right. So there is this sense within all of Scripture that suffering is not something to be taken lightly. It's not something to be shirked. You shouldn't <laughs> be like, oh, I'm suffering, therefore God is unhappy with me. Yeah. It is... I'm suffering. Okay, so where is God in the midst of this? Is it something I've done unjustly? Um, And here's the verse from the Romans. It's Romans 5, verses 3 and probably through 4. So not only so, but we also glorify in our sufferings because we know that suffering, it produces perseverance. Mm -hmm. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And this is verse 5. And hope does not put us to shame because Mm. God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. So that suffering is one of those things that if we allow it to be molded by God Mm. can create hope within our lives. There you go. There's the key though. If we allow it to be molded by God. Right. You know, so many times we hit suffering and we just want to do anything to stop it. You know, we, we, we say no to suffering 
we stop it in its tracks, we don't see it as any sort of positive because it hurts. Or we interpret it as the smite button. Oh, I mean, God's angry at me. God's angry at me. I can't tell you how many people I've run into that believe that God punishes us if we don't do exactly what he says. Hmm. That, that the suffering that we undergo in life is not... Hmm worth anything more than just punishment is a mm. lot of what I hear, but... Oh, well, conflating the two. Right. That they're similar. But the truth wow. is, is that our suffering isn't punishment, it's opportunity. And that is a really difficult place to get to because suffering isn't one of those nice things. How else can it produce perseverance? Which right. is one of those things to continue yeah. in the face of To keep adversity. on keeping on. Yeah. How do you learn perseverance? You only do it through suffering. <laughs> exactly. Like you can't go to a class and learn perseverance. Right. There's no I don't remember that class in seminary. <laughs> no, perseverance no. one oh one. Yeah, right. I mean there was a lot of suffering. Well guess what? But... You go go out and start suffering and then tell me what you've learned. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't make it necessarily any easier, but it does help us to know that God has a plan. Well, and I love the fact that it's not just Paul who talks about it, it's also yeah. Peter. Yeah. I mean, that, that, and then we see it in the story of Jesus, exactly. that, that suffering. The suffering was, servant. Yeah, that. Yeah, back in Isaiah. I mean, it's all throughout that. That's part of the human condition. I've, I've yet to meet a human who hasn't suffered in some way. Well, and I, I actually have empathy for the person who has not suffered. Because if you have not suffered, then you have not persevered. And what kind of character do you have? I've encountered people before who have claimed they have never suffered, and their character is lacking. Hmm. That's probably something we should not talk about. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about people today. Okay, All right, but so, powerful stuff here, though, from Peter. Right, so I'm going to start with verse up. 21. Yeah. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth, which is the passage from Isaiah 53, mm -hmm. verse 9. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, mm -hmm. you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, which is from Isaiah 53, verses 4, 5, and 6. And it says also to see the Septuagint, um, mm. which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament. Um, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. I'm sorry, every time I hear the word souls, I think of the Dread Pirate Roberts. The Dread Pirate Baba, just here to your souls. <laughs> uh, yes, that is a good movie, but um, I think what Peter's doing here is really showing us something really important. This whole chapter, he's talked about all these things, and then he funnels it all back to Jesus. He says, look, the reason I can say these things, the reason I can talk about suffering, the reason I can talk about obedience, the reason I can talk about all these things is because we have Christ as our witness. Look what he did. And I think as Christians... We're not just Christians in name, like we somehow made it up. We are followers of Christ. That is ultimately who we're meant to be, not in just what we believe, 
but he's our witness. He's the one who treaded the path before us. As, as it says in Hebrews chapter 12, he ran the race with perseverance before us. With, with that path, we are meant to follow. Well, and I really enjoy how the fact that he starts off with, you know, do good. And mm. by the way, people are going to talk about you. Yeah. And then there's also this sense of, <laughs> and you're going to suffer. <laughs> but yeah. just remember, yeah. you're not the first to suffer. You're not the first. You you have an example in the suffering. You're not wallowing in your suffering. Yeah. There is there is a, a an example for us to follow. A that, blueprint. That has been in place since before time began. Yeah. And you have seen it played out. And so... You know, I, I think it, it's really kind of an amazing thing to think about that, you know, if you're doing the right stuff for God, if you're being in a good relationship with God, then there will be times in which the world is against you. It will happen. And, and that's just the way it is. I mean, Jesus is our witness for that. Yeah. He didn't do anything wrong ever. And the world was still against him. Right. I, but I, I do think that it is difficult to, I mean, verse 23, it, that example that he gives, he did not retaliate. Yeah. He made no threats. Wow. He entrusted himself to God. You know, I think that it can be really difficult not to justify yourself when you're suffering. You know, And I know that there are like times in which, in which you have <laughs> to speak up about things. But at the same time, I think that... It's really difficult not to, um, there's a term on the internet, and I know you're going to hate this term, mansplaining. It's really difficult not to <laughs> mansplain yourself when you're going through <laughs> suffering that, oh, well, you know, terrible things are happening, and it's not my fault because <laughs> this happened, and this, this happened, happened yeah. and that happened, and oh, you know, it's just all <laughs> bad. <laughs> that I think it's really difficult for us not to lash out at other people, not to point the finger at somebody else, but to yes. just say, I am suffering. And even when you encounter those who are suffering, you know, one of the things that aggravates me the most um, is in the midst of, because we recently had uh, Anthony Bourdain committed suicide. Oh. And so there's this new, you know, flush of, if you're in trouble, please call this line. And yeah. th that aggravates me to no end. Because if, if you are a person who is struggling with depression and thinking about suicide, you need help. And making reaching out can be a very difficult thing. It's not to easy. Do. No, it's not easy. If you could, you probably already would have. Right. <laughs> you wouldn't be in this position if you were capable of doing it. And so I, I just, mm. you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, you should do this. And I, I find that mm. that whole aspect of suffering is very difficult. That we don't want to enter into it with people. We don't want to put the responsibility on the healthy. We want to put the responsibility on the sufferer that is very difficult for us to enter into suffering with other people because we feel like we need to fix it or we need to, you know, point the finger at something or to justify it. And I think we're also afraid that suffering is catching. And so we just mm. don't like to be with people. It's a very rare person who does it well. Well, that's where the, the Jewish people got in it so well with grief and sitting shiva with folks. Just not speaking, not talking, just being there. Mm -hmm. Not trying to fix it because you can't. Right. But saying, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I mean, right. that, that, that's a powerful thing. 
When I think it was, it's been a long time since I've read it, but in Parker Palmer's book, Let Your Life Speak, Speak. I think he talks about his depression. Mm-hmm. And the turning point for him was a friend who would just come and sit. Mm-hmm. You know, that that he would just come and sit, and they wouldn't talk about anything. He would just be there. And then he would get up and he would go. The, mm-hmm. To know that you're not forgotten, I think, is a very big deal mm-hmm. in the midst of suffering. To know that um, people still remember your name is a very important thing in the midst of suffering. So, all right. Well, on that note, I think that's all for this week. Yes. I hope that you uh, guys have tons of questions. If you do, drop by our blog, uh, com, and leave your comments in the, the comment section. So we'll talk to you guys later. Bye.